Welcome to the Lazy People Podcast, the podcast about all things technology and people in technology in Belgium, of course, from outside of Belgium. My name is Errol Baikal, and I'm here with my co-host, Metzian. Welcome to another episode. Um, Met with us today, we have, um, I always say our guests are special, but today we really, really have a very special guest. Uh, no, no one less than uh, Ben Bastiansen, who is a uh, former teacher of mine. Um, so uh, Ben Bastiansen is currently uh, a teacher at Talent School in Turnout, but he's also a future classroom lab ambassador uh, for the European School Net. Is that about right, Ben? Uh, that's about it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm working as a full-time teacher at Talent School in Turnout, and next to that, I also work as the Future Classroom Lab Ambassador for European Schoolnet, which actually means that I uh, run a few of their uh, ICT-based educational projects, um, and that's it. Like for instance, at this moment, we're doing a pilot project on uh, coding in kindergarten and primary schools using a, a tool called Matara Lab. And yeah, I'm running that project, making sure that all the teachers get all the equipment they need and, 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 and get the support they need to, uh, to implement these tools uh, together with their kids. So that's an example of the things I do for European schools. So, <clears throat> uh, when you say uh, teaching uh, uh, children, <laughs> children literally in uh, kindergarten and primary school like um, i sometimes feel like i work with kindergartners um that's uh, <laughs> that's, a that's a different story but how you know but at least the, the kindergartners i work with they have the mental capacity i would you know they, they can write software but how would a kindergartner that can't even read and write program yeah, the they have to they have to play of course and 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 like the matata lab tool they're using at this moment or other tools you can use in kindergarten it's all about uh, pictures and moving a robot from picture a tree to picture a flower and then it has to uh, go one step forward make a, a right turn two steps forward and then it arrives so simple basic sequences uh, once I get a bit older, you can um, do some repetitions in in there or make some selections. But uh, keep it keep it playful. Keep them uh, enjoying it. Keep them playing games. They're not thinking about I'm writing codes. No, they're thinking oh I'm playing with with a robot. That's what they're doing. And but actually they're uh, they're coding. Yeah. Not really coding. I don't like the word coding. If I'm talking about kindergarten pupils, I always say they are doing. Uh, computational mm. thinking a big term of course but that's actually what they're doing they're thinking in a computational way step by step solving a problem and, and that's a skill uh, young people need to learn in order to understand in a later phase of their life how it uh, works okay so um just to be clear um uh, when you were uh, my teacher, I wasn't in kindergarten. I was actually in high school. Um, yeah, true. It's pretty much uh, the final stage of high school. Um, so, which is also where you're active as a full-time teacher, right? Yeah. Um, 
so uh, why don't we just um, delve into that more orthodox traditional topics first? Mm -hmm. uh, but I really want to revisit the implications of uh, bringing education, like IT, not as a tool, but as a subject into the regular schools, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I had no idea we were going to be talking about kindergartners uh, <laughs> programming robots. Like, I'm blown away. Um, but regular stuff first. So you you teach teenagers early, you know, like uh, 17, 16, 17, 17, 18 years 17, old. Yeah. 17, 18-year-olds, yeah. um, how to program, uh, mm -hmm. code, if you will. Yeah. Aside from the computational thing, um, so what else did they uh, learn at your school? They they, they learn um, databases, they learn networks, they learn systems administration, and all of this over the course of two years, right? Because this, yeah. uh, in in Belgium we have um, uh, the high school systems put them into uh, three main branches: ISO, BSO, and TESO, which is like the general purpose one, um, which uh, traditionally flows off into. Um, you know, university, then you have the technical one, um, which might not flow over to, to higher education, and then you have uh, the vocational groups. So IT, uh, as like to get past the informatica, as you teach it, it falls in that second branch in the TSO, and it's a two-year education. So what kind of people come into that place, and what kind of people walk out? It's kind of diverse. Um... We have uh, pupils coming in from um, regular or general subject education, ISO education, who are really passionate about uh, IT and, and really want to do something with IT. Um, in, in most cases, they have quite a good uh, and advanced background of mathematics, um, which yeah, results in... in, in um, quite some understanding about logical thinking and, and all these things you need in IT. And on the other hand, we have pupils coming from um, electronic courses or um, graphical design courses coming into IT um, because they're passionate about uh, technology, not about ICT or programming as such, but they're more passionate about uh, technology in general or um, people from with a graphical background in uh, web development often they're very interested in, and they all come in into one uh, class group, um, which makes it, uh, yeah, not really difficult, but challenging uh, to work with because they have quite a different background. Um, and, and you, yeah, you all have to take them along in, in the same story and in, in the same journey you are making uh, throughout these two years. So that's sometimes quite a challenge, but nevertheless, that's also fun to do as a teacher. So um, the the different uh, prototypes, if you will, or stereotypes that you described, you know, they, they flow in, but they uh, all receive the same education, like in the same bin, if you will. Like there's in my no, class, there's you mean? No, uh, no in, in, the, uh, in the program. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It uh, doesn't really matter what, uh, what they have studied before. Uh, once they take on the IT courses at our school, they all get uh, the same topics. They get the same exams, etc., etc. 
Of course, during the lessons, we, we try to differentiate as much as possible because sometimes uh, the really bright pupils are a bit or a lot uh, ahead of, of other pupils. And then we give them some uh, additional uh, challenges uh, to work with. Maybe in some cases we already, or we said that um, some really good pupils already could take the uh, exams of their last year uh, already in the first year. And then they had some spare hours in their last year. And then they already attended uh, some courses at, uh, at a college nearby. So uh, because they already knew we are going to study IT in college. Uh, over the next year, so we're already taking one or two courses in college, get those uh, the, those study credits already, and then. This grow is on. like Med. Like this is something you're only going to see in IT, right? Um, like we we discussed this before. Like um, computers are and and IT are such a different. Um, um, uh, well, I have no other words for it. So sorry. It's a so completely different thing than everything else we've seen up until now, because the way it can cause social mobility, for example, is is um, uh, unprecedented. So one of the examples, Matt, you and I sometimes discuss is you can't just watch a, a few YouTube videos on how to perform surgery on somebody and then walk to the <laughs> hospital and go like, hey, uh, I watched some YouTube videos. Can I come and... No, they'll not accept you, but you can literally just watch a few videos on how to do some Django framework thing in python and then you might end up getting a job right so it's and well-paying jobs you can't do this as like you can't be a lawyer by watching youtube videos but like it is something very different within the as a, as a socioeconomic um engine you know you can it allows people from um more poverty stricken backgrounds to actually easily climb um the that uh socioeconomic ladder but again, we see something else happening in, in the school setting as well, where these kids were actually very passionate about what they're doing. They, they come into the classroom and they're already ready to take the exams from uh, two years ahead or one year ahead, which you wouldn't really find that in, in other subjects like, um, you know, history or, I mean, not to, am I, am I, uh, well, if, if I if I could um, add to what you said, so the funny thing is, like, this is also, I mean, this is engineering now, so it has that that um, uh, heavyweight belt attached to it, if if you if 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 you want, you know, um, because it, you know, these people would end up being, you know, like engineers, huh? And you, you kind of sometimes we and rightfully so, huh? we compare them to someone that would be, I don't know. You know, designing bridges and <laughs> and buildings, right? Um, they do the same kind of um, analytical uh, work, respect uh, certain uh, principles, uh, norms, uh, and 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 deliver deliver uh, a product or deliver uh, a creation. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a lot of it's it, it's what I'm trying to say is like this is. Um, a lot for someone to carry, especially when we say we're going to start with even even kids, which is great. Huh? I mean, uh, um, it, it's it's a good it's a good start. I mean, so the way I see it, given that we also see that um, um, IT, um, depend. Well, I should say depends, but um, when you have um, 
when you're good with logic, so if you're good at math, uh, for example, chances are that uh, you will be okay. You know, you'll do good with uh, with with IT in general. Um, so, um, so it, it's yeah. Yeah. Oh. My point was uh, what I was trying to make was more about, you know, it's so typical to see this type of passion um, in people in, in IT that they'd be capable to take uh, um, exams from uh, future years uh, to that it would be such a common occurrence that um, uh, Ben would actually think of mentioning it as something that, that happens, which I think, you know, is again something that really puts IT differentiates it from many other things in the world right now. Um, it really is a powerful motivator aside from a powerful enabler. Um, but uh, the the it was a nice uh, segue we have right here, Med, with you talking about. So these uh, these children, well, let's call them children, these young adults, they, they go through these two years of education. You know, some of them come in with zero knowledge. Some of them come in already passionate. And uh, they they become professionals. So um, you are producing um, engineers. So I don't yeah. know what percentage of of your pupils go on to pursue um, um, higher education, but at the point they they leave the class uh, after the second year. Technically speaking, according to Belgian um, qualifications, they are ready to enter the workforce, right? They have a yeah, that that's correct. Uh, technically speaking, uh, once they get their uh, degree at our school, they can uh, go to a company and and work there. But the number of jobs uh, to work in IT uh, with just a high school degree are very limited. So we, we always say to, uh, so to the pupils coming into our classrooms and, and taking our courses, you will have to study on in a college or a university. And even when you're finished over there, you have to continue studying. I think the, the thing you mentioned about uh, it being quite normal uh, to just watch some uh, YouTube courses on, let's say, uh, HTML and CSS and then say, hey, can I work as an uh, as a web uh, developer, a junior web developer, of course, and that it actually works out? Also illustrates that if you're working in IT, you need to be a very flexible person. You need to be willing to uh, constantly learn new things, new skills, new languages, new competences, in order um, to keep on developing. Uh, things because I tier software programmers, web developers, uh, system engineers, um, they're all actually engineers developing new, uh, new software, um, new hardware. We're not doing just uh, regular work and make a copy of the same application again. No, a, a good software developer, for instance always tries to make a new, better, improved version of a software. So we're all, always reinventing or trying to reinvent uh, things and, 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 and create new killer apps or whatever. 
And I think that that mindset, that mindset of flexibility, of willing to learn, willing to evolve, willing to create new things that, that haven't uh, existed yet is, is very important um, as an IT uh, person as well. And that's something we, from, from, from day one, once they're in our courses, try to focus on and, and tell them that that is important and that we expect them to do it and that we don't expect them to copy-paste old code and make some changes and then say, hey, I've got something new. No, try to um, really build something new with innovative strategies in there and so on and so on. Yeah, I that that's a very good point. I don't think there is any other profession where you could walk in this morning and by the time you walk out of work in the evening, there's five new frameworks that might potentially be interesting for you to study. So there's it was actually one of the episodes we talked about, I think one of, in the first season was like the, the tremendous amount of new things to keep up with as a software developer that at a certain moment, you know, you might even get fatigue from it. He's like, okay, you know, I don't care anymore. Like, uh Mm -hmm. There were 11,785 uh, JavaScript frameworks this morning. Now there's 11,789. So uh, that, <laughs> that, it, just, it just keeps on ticking, right? But <clears throat> indeed, um, you, you walk into the, into the professional life as well. You know, you're like, I've been you know, writing uh, software professionally for 10 years. What you were doing 10 years ago and what you're doing today is going to be almost in all instances, radically different. Yeah, yeah, true. I always say to my pupils, everything I uh, or everything you learn in my classes about a certain technology you will never use in your professional life <laughs> because it will be outdated at that time. But the, the way you think about uh, software development and so on, that's something you have to take on for the rest of your life. But the actual syntax of... Python or Java or whatever, it will be different once you start studying. And I always uh, give pupils the example uh, of my own professional career. Um, I'm very passionate about web development. That's the subject I uh, like to teach uh, the most. That, that's something I'm very passionate about. During my IT education, when I got my bachelor's in IT, I never had web development as a subject. Because it was, it was brand new. It, it it wasn't even in the curriculum at that point. Wow! So a lot of my pupils will do jobs and create um, software, hardware, whatever, with technology that doesn't even exist at this moment. All yeah. our pupils are swiping on their uh, smartphones. When I was studying in uh, high school, I didn't even have a smartphone. I didn't even have a mobile phone, let a part smartphone. So the, the world of technology is, is changing so rapidly that one of the, the major skills you need to have as a software developer, hardware developer, or uh, whatever, as an uh, IT person is uh, flexibility, willingness to uh, adapt to new technologies, new approaches, and, and, and also being able to to cope with it because willingness is one thing, but you need to have a certain uh, set of skills to be able to cope with it. Man, I, I relate a hundred percent because I used to complain that um, when I when I when I went to school at the university, it was like it was the boring stuff in a sense. 
um, that so so I I got exposed. For example, first thing was I think so. No, we started with Pascal, and there were other you know obviously other languages. But you look at Pascal, you're like, well, what's am I going to do with Pascal? But well, Pascal is a great language to learn. Um, but didn't matter after that. It was, so for example, same for me. I never seen HTML in school. I I picked up myself even even during school. And you look at the moment, you look at people that go to these two-year two-year programs and they just pick up the, what they need specifically, right? Like what they thought are good stuff. But with time, I understood that the, the, the benefit of having those principles, like what is object-oriented uh, programming or what is um, the concept of databases? And and those, you know, those two-year programs, for example, the fast track, they do not cover these. They basically like, here's the tool, you know, this is how you use it, uh, you know, you know, go ahead. And are these people missing something? Maybe, maybe not. But if you went, if, if you picked up these principles in school, let me put it this way. In school, is there a chance to pick it up? It would be easier for you to pick it up in school than having to dedicate time to understand things afterwards. Although you, sh- you need yeah. to, I mean, by by virtue of what we do, we have to be keep ourselves updated, like like you mentioned. Um, well, so so that being said, I kind of relate the same way. But so how do I put it? My question is like, how do you choose what's in the program? I mean, I'm sure the program in 20 years has evolved and and been modified. Um, so what? Why, why would you, for example, put Python, for example, uh, and and remove? I don't know. Remove Flash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Flash. yeah, we we made a, a different change. We uh, we introduced Python and kicked out Java. Uh, not because we thought uh, Java was bad, not at all, uh, but because um, we we noticed that that Python or we not noticed we notice still noticed that Python has become more and more important uh, in IT. And we also see that uh, pupils are much more interested um, outside of school in trying to build stuff using Python than trying to build stuff in Java. So we want to relate to that. And and that's, for instance, is also a reason why we introduced uh, Python. On the other hand, um, we are are, uh, mainly uh, for other subjects using the uh, Microsoft um, Ecosphere, uh, .NET, uh, why? Not because we think it's better uh, than, than other tools or other languages, no, but because that's the competences me and my uh, IT colleague have. That That's uh, the tools we uh, used to work with when we were uh, working in the private sector and, and, and we kept on uh, evolving and, and um, learning about those tools and that's why we use them. Okay, you're, you're in the right crowd here. This is a .NET crowd. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. right now to the, to the .NET talk show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, um, y- you know, more seriously, and also um, uh, further to, to what Matt said, um, you're really in the same situation we are, aren't you? The train is moving too fast, so uh, you can't just jump on specific things and hope that that particular train is going to take you someplace meaningful instead of that you're better off teaching kids how to read the map you know and how to use the yeah. train system i mean it's going yeah. very abstract we, we use a lot of analogies on this show <laughs> no but it's, it's true it's true um 
my pupils often complain uh why do we need to uh learn how to use or uh, create flow charts and uh, use case diagrams and so on and so on uh that's boring we want to write code we want to create a game um yeah i understand it i also prefer writing code than uh creating use case diagrams but uh, with creating those flowcharts, use case diagrams, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, they um, learn the basic skills that you need, the basic thinking skills that you need as a software developer to create your software. Once you get these skills, you can start writing really efficient code. As long as you're not looking into all these uh, strategies on, on how to write code, yeah, you can also create code. That That's true. You can also create a software program, uh, but it will be less efficient than uh, a more thought-through uh, application. But I remind some pupils in my past that also enjoyed writing code much more than uh, creating flowcharts. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I'm guilty true. of that, definitely. Uh, <laughs> But I, I also remember from, um, you know, uh, having spent those years in high school uh, uh, in your classes uh, with, with my other students. So going into the professional life, like my, my uh, education career, by the way, took a lot of detours. So by the time I ended up being professionally working in IT, so I, I might not be the perfect case. But what I do re recall, like specifically looking back at, at those two years, and if you were to tell me like... <clears throat> How does that compare to professional life? Um, today, for example, I do think that the, the fundamentals of, of, a, of a lot of things I use in my professional life come from those two years. And they were um, the abstract things, like you say, you take with you. Like we learned ba visual basic <laughs> like I don't, I've never used Visual Basic outside of outside of uh, school. But th there you go; those are the things you take along with you. But you know what really um, surprised me is that there are some things about software development that is not taught at school. And one of those things, in my opinion, and maybe this has changed. That's why I'm bringing it up: is is how much of a teamwork effort creating software is. In no. education, it's almost always like you're doing it by yourself unless there's like a group thing. But you yes. enter professional life and suddenly it turns into, prof into a team sport. <laughs> and this is like a big whoa thing. Uh, was a big wow thing for me. Yeah, true. I was so, afterwards, I was so grateful for COVID um, because COVID enabled us to uh, switch the way we do internships at our school. So the last year pupils have to take only two weeks. It's only two weeks, but nevertheless, they have to do an internship of two weeks in a company. And then often they end up in uh, PC shops uh, selling PCs, maybe, or at least repairing them um, and so on and so on. But because of COVID, that was not possible. And instead of that, um, we did a, a group project. We did a group project. We created a Scrum backlog. We did our uh, daily mm -hmm. stand-ups online, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I didn't expect the project to be finished in time 
uh, and ready to be uh, tested by the people who, who ask for the project. But we did. The pupils actually managed to write a good application that nowadays is used in primary schools to uh, give evaluations and feedback on... Um, oh, there were production on, software. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the P, some PE teachers uh, in, in primary education asked, can you provide us uh, an application, an app um, that we can use on a smartphone or on a tablet um, with instruction videos so that pupils can see um, how they have to perform certain uh, PE movements. Uh, exercises, yeah. Exercises, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and also have that we have the, the opportunity to um, give evaluations and next to that evaluation, some feedback to the pupils about the exercises they did. That sounds impressive. And, and what, that's... Uh, that's what, uh, what time frame did... Uh, and how many people were in your team then, uh, so to say? If we, you know, eight, no, let's call eight. them a team. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it was a team. Eight plus one, plus one being me, and we had two, uh, two weeks of time. Did you did you do all of the work or did you do none of the work? <laughs> I did. Somewhere I did. A, I did some of the work. Okay. I, I must be very honest. Most of the work and some really impressive work was actually done by pupils, and and okay. and they really worked as a team. They also helped each other out. Said, "Okay, your user story isn't done yet. My user story is done. I have nothing more left." Um, in the sprint backlog, so I'll take on your next user story. I, I didn't. I didn't have to tell him nah, to do it. Team play yeah. during the really stand up. They just did it, which and who was the scrum master? Like, what, were all your pupils? Uh, were they all in technical roles, or did you also have uh, like uh, analysts or um, like a scrum master in there as well? Or I was a scrum master, but uh, all the other functions or roles or how you want to uh, to call it were done by the pupils. Matt, I see and, your and, question. And, and it was not your uh, the dedicated analyst, your the dedicated developer, your the dedicated uh, database owner. No, no, no. They 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 all shared responsibilities. Uh, Matt, before I know you're dying to ask a question, but I just want to squeeze this in because I don't want to forget it. You know, my mind is deceived. But do you plan on building further on this experience? Post, I hope so. Yeah, I hope because so. It sounds, um, it sounds fantastic, to be honest. Yeah. It's I already um, send send a memo to my to my headmasters um, asking if I could do the same thing again now after COVID. Uh, that I see much more value in um, working during those two weeks in, in in a group project with pupils than just sending them off to the next uh, PC company where they uh, change network cards or or whatever or glue stickers on computers with uh, with QR codes that a company needs for the inventory. I mean, yeah, those are also things you might need to do as uh, as a person working at a software or at a PC uh, company or a PC shop, but that's not really what we want to teach them. We want to teach them and make them experience what it means to work in a group. And that's the ideal setting, the ideal two weeks to to make that happen. Uh, we could also do that, of course, during the rest of the school years, but then it's always, yeah, two hours of this, two hours of that. 
which doesn't really work if you want to work on a, on a group project. Uh, those two weeks are dedicated uh, nine to five and not really nine to five. I've, I've seen pupils um, checking in uh, code at two, uh, two at night uh, during these, uh, these two weeks we worked on, on that uh, project. But then you really have some dedicated time that you can work on a project together with, uh, with these guys. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's uh, you covered this topic, and this is that was my question, kind of. So it's an answer to my question automatically. Uh, what I wanted to mention is that, um, so, and this is well, this is at least uh, at least about myself, right? I'd like to have as much as I can. I'd like to have things that have two purposes, like hit two birds with one stone. So I long time ago, I remember I was in a operating systems uh, class. And and it was a bit slow, let's say. And I'm noticing, like, well, this teacher or this professor, he's always repeating the same class every year. And I and like and it's all like, well, how come, you know, you keep this every year? You keep repeating the same thing. What if you really took? What if you create a new OS? And every every class, people contribute a little bit. You know, every every year, every semester, actually, you have new people, and you would contribute a little bit, maybe. Maybe you know after five years, maybe ten years, you have something at hand, and and this goes the same way now. Like I think I know there there is people learning. These kids or these um, pupils are picking up uh, new skills and 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 exploring basically uh, opening their mind to exploring uh, IT. But maybe it could also be like a. Um, like a not a hidden plan, but in a good way, right? Like some some sort of solution that you can, while they are learning, they can still like like what you did actually, which is really great. And this could go even for a project beyond. Uh, it's like with the kindergartners, right? You they're you're actually teaching them something at that point, and they don't realize what they're learning. They think they're doing something else. Yeah, is that what you mean, yeah. Matt? Yeah, it just to have like another um, with your hidden plan. I mean, is, is that yeah, what you, yeah something that's beyond you know, like uh, a bit that obviously might need a bit of planning, might need a bit of of, of work beyond the 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 contribution of these kids. But at the end, when you say, "Look, the the pieces you were drawing, for example, they fit into a bigger picture here, and here it is, or here's a solution, or this is," no, okay. I think that I know, I know what med what you what you're <laughs> up to. You're telling uh, you're telling Ben to start his own software company and have a teacher, <laughs> have have a students. <laughs> you know, he gets he keeps getting fifteen new students every year. <laughs> he just it's like, hey, uh, I'm the I'm the product owner. Like, hey, what about this really cool feature <laughs> and bring it to market? it that way i mean of course i'm joking but i i get what you mean it's it's a fantastic idea there is this perpetual project that every kid when they leave they leave it to the people after to come after them and so you have you know you have the kids who are in the higher class and the kids are in the lower class and they should be working the same team if i understand you correctly med so the kids in the higher class actually help the juniors which is also something you see you know in the professional like should see in the professional world and then when the new kids come, they actually join a legacy project, which is much more common than a greenfield project, right? So you you start to mimic uh, the real world much closer, but at the same time, they're building something that as like that PE tool, uh, but maybe even larger. In your case, it's just an operating system. Uh, yeah. 
which is like just a small challenge. Just, yeah, let's. <laughs> no, no, this no, afternoon sure. we'll write an no. operating system. <laughs> no, that was, that was just a suggestion, right? Obviously, uh, it's a challenging one, but but um, again, it 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 just comes from. I think it comes from. Hey, uh, that second, that second. Um, uh, I suppose it's of course like products or whatever, like a hidden plan. If it doesn't get achieved, sure, no problem, because that has less pressure. But yeah. if it does end up somewhere, that that's good, right? Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm. I'm wow. <laughs> I'm just yeah, I can, and I can definitely relate to that. Um, and the, approaching it that way means that it's no longer an assignment pupils need to do because doing an assignment is quite boring, and we don't want to spend too much time on it. No, they're actually creating something. They're creating, they they say, we're not doing an assignment. We are creating a project. Mm-hmm. And that's something totally different. And uh, that keeps them much more motivated and, and, and focused. And they want to, to show off uh, the things they learn. And they want to say, hey, I want to create this new user experience because... I think that's rather cool. That, that that's much cooler than just clicking a button. Maybe we could do something with drag and drop, and and then the the back plan, the hidden plan is okay. Learning about new technologies, yeah. learning about collaborating, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And like you said, Errol, yeah, they're they're not they're learning, and they they don't even realize that they're learning. You're, you're, st- and, you're and that's the, the thing you want to know. You're sticking uh, in the medicine and the vitamins, you know, with the candy. Yeah, like, true. Oh, here, here is some uh, vitamins. Hey, um, uh, I, I really want to delve into this subject uh, because it sounds awesome. I wish it was like that when when we were kids. Um, but you know, we usually feel envious of, of kids because they seem to always have more opportunities than than we had. But such is life. Um, we had great things as well, like the rotary phone. So <laughs> they missed out on that. But I, I just also want to, because we're running out of time almost, and I do want to talk about that second aspect of your life, which is uh, where you act as the future classroom lab ambassador, where you say, you know, we're running this project. And you did mention, uh, we did briefly talk about the, the kindergarten project, which on itself could be an entire topic for a, for a show. Um, but can you tell us a little bit more about that, about uh, your different projects? Yeah. So in my role as a future classroom lab ambassador, as I've said, I, I run some IT-based educational projects. Um, because of my own background, it often tends to be uh, projects on, on coding, but uh, not only on coding. I am also um, have been involved in, in the past on uh, on an investigation. Um, no, not an investigation. Um, the research? Project. Research, yeah, on a research <laughs> project on uh, architecture in, uh, in schools and how to, to build new schools and how to build new classrooms and, and, and how uh, the, the, the architecture of a building can uh, provide new or better ways of teaching pupils and so on and so on. Within so, the context of general teaching or within the context of teaching IT? General teaching. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, on, on general teaching. Uh, on, on the subject of IT, uh, I've also written a book over the last years together with a colleague on, uh, on coding in primary schools and uh, kindergarten again, where we 
had a short introduction uh, from uh, Frank Neve, a professor at the University of Hasselt on, on computational thinking, and in which we then uh, provided lots of uh, materials, tools that uh, teachers could use uh, together with some um, ready lessons that they could use together with their pupils. Um, and as well, um, tools where they use IT or uh, where they use technology, sorry, where they use the technology um, or and also tools where they, they don't, uh, where they just use uh, paper in order to uh, do computational thinking. So uh, uh, what was the title again of the book? Uh, is it so computer yeah that that was it which is dutch for this is how a computer thinks right yeah true um yeah uh okay i actually just um i'm I'm browsing through the book as we speak um there's uh, a lot there so uh it is we'll we'll definitely uh put the the link to it uh in the show notes but uh more in the practical terms than um, uh, what you see uh, as um, generally speaking, the future of IT in in general education. By this, I'll I'll rephrase the question as we see more and more um, uh, almost a creeping in or an invasion of IT into the general education system. So outside, like within, you know, your program, like you as the IT teacher uh, at the Zenit School, you have a program which teaches IT as a subject. But aside from that, we see this this bubble is being perforated, and everywhere they're starting to introduce tablets, etc. So IT as a tool more than a subject. But I also think IT as a subject is also becoming more and more uh, commonly available. So do you see a future where um, uh, everybody will be learning IT, but probably not? You'll have like a specific group of engineers that can still carry the, the, the flame, if you will, but everybody needs to learn how to use it? Or what are your uh, visions on this? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, and it, it won't take that long. We already have on, in, in um, secondary education in Belgium until the age of 15 now, uh, some reformant of secondary education. And... Um, Within the, that reformant, reformant um, pupils all get some uh, IT classes. It's not really IT classes. Um, it's more about media literacy. I'm, I'm sorry, what's In, a reformant? Uh, yeah, correct uh, English uh, name. Yeah, we're changing, we're reforming secondary education, making it different making it more modern, modernization. That's the correct word they use in Flanders, the modernization of secondary education. Um, and and all pupils get not really IT as a subject, but media literacy. And a part of that media literacy is uh, computational thinking and at least understanding code and in some class groups, they also uh, get some additional uh, goals to work on, on creating or developing their own uh, code and, and, and their own small applications. Um, but next to that, they also uh, get lessons on how to behave online, uh, how to make their uh, profiles on Facebook, Twitter, 
or whatever, more secure, how to um, also cr create uh, documents and not only Word and Excel, but create several kinds of documents and so on and so on. So it's, it's more about uh, media literacy than a strong focus on, on only uh, really ICT skills. So it's, it's broader than that. And um, yeah, normally in three years from now, uh, in every year of secondary education, uh, pupils will get at least a part of that curriculum uh, to work with. But you don't think, um, like this is more like a personal question, you don't think everybody going through the Belgian school system should uh, at least get a taste of computational thinking? You know, that term, you, it's a very... Yeah, they will, they will. They, are you? At every level, they will get at least a taste of computational thinking. They will have to at least understand computational thinking. Um, they don't all have to uh, create something using computational thinking, uh, but they all at least have to understand it. How do you In justify order... this? How, how, what, what's your rationale for you know thinking it should be or are you a proponent of this or you're just seeing it evolve this way? What's the reason to do this? Um, well, there's a, uh, a legislative reason behind it, of course. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, it, it all comes down to uh, European Commission, who in their um, policy for uh, the digital market. Uh, also says, okay, every European citizen uh, needs to be able to understand how uh, computational thinking, how software works, because we all have to use software in the future. We all will. We all will use our smartphones uh, to communicate with uh, local government or, or police or whatever, and everyone has to understand at least a bit how that thing every, works. everybody everybody uses a car almost but they, they don't teach class on uh, uh, mechanical thinking no true um, but, but you I, have to get your driver's license to go you have to get your driver's <laughs> license of course so that, that's one thing and I think it's yeah what makes the world go around money the digital market is a, is a big money machine. So if you want to make sure that uh, the digital market where the European Commission is so uh, focusing on, um, if you want to make sure that it, it runs smoothly, you have to try to get every citizen uh, along in that uh, digital thinking and, and, and using, using um, yeah, digital tools to, to, to work. Um, we're... In Europe, we're not creating the workforce who are uh, in uh, on mass in factories from nine to five, uh, screwing bolts into um, appliances. No. In Europe, we will probably have to uh, make sure that we are on the uh, on the spear in the spearhead of uh, technology development and. Um, that we're always trying to create a workforce that is uh, very much into uh, high-tech uh, solutions and so on. And um, and it doesn't mean we all have to create uh, engineers or that only engineers are important in Europe, 
but um, I I always use a, a simple example. Um, it's about five, six years ago, and I had some uh, problems with my um, with the heating in my house. And I called uh, a guy to come over and to check what was wrong with, uh, with the heating in my house. And he said, yeah, okay, um, I'm not sure. I need the manual for it. Do you have the manual? I said, no, I don't have the manual over here. I said, yeah, then I have to come back. I have to go uh, back to my company, get the manual, and then in a week from now, I will be back uh, in order to fix it. I said, just wait a second. And I took my tablet, and I looked up the manual on the tablet, and I said, here's the manual. <laughs> yeah. So that's a very simple example, but in every profession, people need to know how to use these devices, how to use technology in order to make their work better as long as people are relating on uh, paper we will we will run behind on on, on other uh, economies in the world who are uh, changing so at every level people need to learn how to use technology in order to make their work better and it can be as simple as just being able to google something online it can be as simple as that but no baby gets born with the knowledge how to google yet you, yet. <laughs> you have to learn them and you can say they will learn it by themselves and they will but will they do it efficiently probably not a few will but most of them won't do it efficiently most of them will just type in words that's it which is already a good start, of course. But if you want to get them more uh, proficient in it, then you have to teach a lot of people how to do it. And I, I think, think we're, we're that's something we need to focus on. We're scratching the surface of, again, uh, topics that could fill entire episodes. Um, uh, unfortunately, we need to wrap up this one. Um, so, Med, uh, I'll, I'll let you have the... the uh, Penultimate remark before we give uh, Ben the last word. Okay. Well, it's uh, yeah. It, uh, thank you. Um, I'm just trying to wrap my head around. So I have two ideas are contradicting for me. One is contradictory, but they're kind of like there's the, the good and the bad in a sense. So it's nice how we notice that okay, there is no escaping from technology. So we need to be aware about it, aware of it, and you have to have some at least exposed to it in school. So the school is like. Uh, um, interactively or, or, or dynamically um, uh, adjusting to make sure that, okay, you, it gives you the tools you need in life. But when you're here, like, even if you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you how to adjust your security settings or privacy settings in Facebook or, um, you know, what, tomorrow, Twitter. Maybe TikTok or, yeah. Mm. Um, you know, that's scary. You know how these companies are, part this is now beyond the principles now we are getting to these are specific you're uh, teaching the kids how to protect themselves from these private companies it's good that it exists but like where's the limit right i mean uh you know um, what would make yeah i mean yeah, I love your remark, but you're opening a, a whole yeah you're I know, opening I know. another you know, hour of but debate. It, but on it's this good. One, but I'll I, focus it's, on it's a very good remark. But it's, it's at least yeah, remark. at least it's at least it's you know at least you, you are 
Facebook. We are, I should say, uh, we are preparing the kids for what they, they're going to encounter in life. So that's a good thing. Huh? That's a good thing. This is true. Uh, ben, do you have any final remarks? Oh, final remarks. Um, yeah, one thing during our conversation conversation uh, struck a thing you said. You said, yeah, my... Um, my 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 education um, or my educational life is not really an example of, of how uh, it all should go. Um, I think it is. I think it is at all. I think um, your educational life is a good practice for every IT professional um, because your educational life was a life of. Um, searching what you were interested in and uh, learning and having an open mind and wanting to um, create something at a certain moment in time uh, the thing you wanted to create maybe wasn't really uh, IT focused but doesn't that doesn't really matter it is the attitude of wanting to learn wanting to discover new things wanting to create new things, having an open mind, not only focused on writing C-sharp and that's it. No, having a broad perspective in life and, and keeping an open mind. And I think that's uh, not only for IT people, but I think that's a, a very good uh, focus. And for me, that is an, an excellent example of how um, we all should try to be having that, that open mind and Broad but interest. In, I did. In I did eventually end up in IT. <laughs> but eventually, you came back to your old eventually, love being I, IT. Yeah. I found. I found the right path. <laughs> <laughs> well, th thanks a lot for that uh, uh, kind remark, Ben. And um, you're welcome. Okay. Um, so I'm. I'm gonna uh, have to close off the show. So if people have any questions about, uh, you know both of your profiles you know be as a teacher and the uh, future classroom lab ambassador where can they uh, reach out to you they can always uh, reach out the easiest uh, way to do it they can reach out uh, to me on, on twitter my handle is at bastiansen and they can always uh, pm me or whatever or just set uh, a remark on, a, mm -hmm. on my list of remarks and uh, yeah it'll work out i think that's the the easiest way Okay, we'll uh, we'll tag that uh, in the show notes and uh, on LinkedIn. Yeah, uh, Med, uh, where can people find you? Um, as usual, uh, on madmed.com, M-A-D-M-E-D.com. Okay, and my name is Errol Baikal. You can find me at baikal.be, B-A-Y-K-A-L.be. Thanks a lot for listening, and uh, thanks a lot for being here. Uh, ben, Med, bye. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.